Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. All right, let's get started. Let's go into the scriptures. You've already heard the gospel reading. Um, But I want to read that last verse one more time. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. In the story of Zacchaeus, we see the search and rescue mission of the Son of Man. Jesus didn't come to condemn sinners. He came to rescue those who are lost. You know, people can lose their way and end up a person they were never meant to be. Now we can blame them and condemn them or we can mount a search rescue mission. You know, when people get lost in the mountains, this happens, you know, people get lost in the mountains. They've done something wrong. You know, maybe they weren't paying attention, didn't have a compass, didn't have a map, didn't know what to do with them. You know, they've made some mistake to get lost in the mountains, but we don't just sit around and say, well, that's all on them, I guess. <laughs> No, I mean, we go out and we try to find them. We try to, we search and try to rescue them. Well, this is the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. So Jesus and his disciples and a great crowd of Galilean Passover pilgrims, and I think most of them had come to believe in Jesus, are on their way from Galilee to go up to the holy city of Jerusalem for Passover. And this is Jesus' final journey. And Jericho is the last stop before reaching Jerusalem. This will be the final stop on their pilgrimage going up to the holy city. And by this point, it's really among the Galilean followers of Jesus. It's pretty much out in the open. They know, they've come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And they are going with Jesus up to the capital city for him to be crowned king. In fact, on the very next day, these Galileans that are with Jesus will enter the city with their shouts of Hosanna as Jesus rides upon the donkey and makes his triumphal entry. So uh, that's all just looming. But one more time, Jesus is going to enact the kingdom of God so we can see what it looks like. Jericho is is 20 miles east of Jerusalem. Final stop for Passover pilgrims coming from Galilee. And all those in Jericho who had also come to believe in Jesus and what he was doing, and there there were those that were believing that, that this is the one, this is the Messiah, this is the anointed one, this is the one that's to be Israel's true king. All of those people in Jericho, since they knew that Jesus would be spending the night, They were all hoping that Jesus would be a guest in their home. I mean, what an honor that would be. For the rest of your life, you'd be able to say, you know, know, the night before the king arrived in the capital to claim his throne, he spent the night at my house. So see, they're they're all hoping for that honor. Now, in Jericho, there lived a chief tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. 
All right, we learned about tax collectors last week, so we don't need to spend a lot of time reviewing that. But suffice to say, a chief tax, not just a tax, a chief tax collector. A chief tax collector is not some sort of first century version of an IRS officer. Uh, it's more like a, a, a big mafia boss. John Gotti, this is, this is what this is. This is John Gotti as Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a rich, powerful, corrupt collaborator with the Romans who had been officially expelled from the synagogue there in Jericho because that's what they did with the tax collectors in the synagogues. But Zacchaeus had one saving grace and his one saving grace was that he was curious. He wanted to see Jesus. I mean, he'd heard about him. Everybody heard about him. You know, he was, who is this guy? They say he works miracles. I want to see him. He, you know, people, some are saying that he's this Messiah, you know, if you believe in stuff like that. Oh, and all the religious people in town, they, they all have an opinion about him. They don't agree, but they all have, an, you know, he's, he's kind of a big deal. I'd, I'd like to see him. I'm kind of. I'm interested. I'd like to see him. This is the saving grace at work. And Zacchaeus, he's just, he's curious. Never underestimate the capacity of Jesus to fascinate anyone. There's just something alluring about the person of Jesus. It's often how I pray for people, you know, people that maybe don't know the Lord. What do I pray? I generally pray just, I say, oh God, let them become fascinated with Jesus. Let, let the fascination of Christ come upon them. You become interested in this person of Jesus. Well, this, this happened to, uh, to Zacchaeus, but there was only one problem. Um, Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. He wants to see Jesus, but he can't see Jesus because of the crowd. Everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows Zacchaeus was short. What was he? Some of you know, you know that short. He was what? A wee little man. Yes, a wee little man was he. So he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Yes, we know this. It's a nice song. I mean, although wee little man, wee little man makes him sound dainty and uh, non-threatening. Yeah, he's a wee little man. I, no, no, he's a chief tax collector. He's like, he's like, he's like Danny DeVito in a gangster role. That's really my picture of Zacchaeus. All right. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not. Zacchaeus isn't the only person who's ever had trouble seeing who Jesus is because of the crowd, the crowd, the crowd with its one mind, its mob mentality, the crowd. Of course, of course, nobody says it better than Soren Kierkegaard. Christ was crucified because he would have nothing to do with the crowd, even though he addressed himself to all. He did not want to form a party, an interest group, a mass movement, but he wanted to be what he was, the truth, which is related to the single individual. The crowd is untruth. 
The crowd is untruth, or as my father used to say it, the majority is almost always wrong. There's a lot of crowds and movements and isms that want to claim Jesus, right? I mean, he's quite a prize. You know, if you can say Jesus is on our side. And so there's plenty of movements and isms and all of that sort of thing that want to claim Jesus. And when it comes to obscuring who Jesus is, who he really is, it's religious political crowds that are the worst. The worst. I mean, I'm not speaking theoretically or abstractly. We're again in this terrible season of politics. Well, it seems to never go away, but you know, there's like an election coming up or something. And uh, the religious political crowds, left, right, I don't, you take your pick. They are very good at obscuring who Jesus really is. Because the crowd is absolutely convinced that Jesus shares their politics. He doesn't. Of every earthly plan that be known to man, he is unconcerned. He's got plans of his own to set up his throne when he returns. You see, what really matters most to the Christian political crowd is political power. And then Jesus is trotted out as a mascot to endorse their pursuit of political power. They use the name of Jesus to authorize their politics, which is precisely what it means to take the name of the Lord in vain. This is the crowd that prevents many people from seeing who Jesus really is. How many of you know that this is true? That, that people, a lot of movements politically oriented who are most vocal about Jesus obscure who he really is. And people can't see who Jesus is. Now, here's the thing about Jesus. He almost never does what we expect him to do. I wish, in some ways, in some ways I wish I could just go back and read the four gospels for the first time not knowing, already knowing the stories. I think on every page you go, oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, that's, that's surprising. I, I wouldn't have thought he would have said that. Jesus is faithful and true, but his ways are often inscrutable and unpredictable. And a prime example of this is what happens when, when Jesus arrives in Jericho. So Jesus' arrival in Jericho kind of sets off a pandemonium. People are very excited. And they do want to see Jesus. And so they're jostling for position. They want to see him. They want to see him. And they're shouting and people want healing. And this is, you remember Bartimaeus, the blind beggar? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus. And he's making a big scene and, and Jesus heals him. And so this is the scene. Jesus, his disciples, a crowd of Passover pilgrims from Galilee arriving in the fairly large city of Jericho. And there's just pandemonium and crowds and pushing and trying to see and jostling and Zacchaeus can't see a thing. He wants to see Jesus. He can't because of the crowd. And so he throws dignity to the wind and climbs a tree. You don't see mafia bosses climbing trees very often. You know, in their fancy Armani suits and all of that. 
but he's that curious. He's that, he, I want to see him. And so he climbs up into a tree. Um, he finds a perch up in the tree. Uh, I had some fun yesterday just scrolling through like uh, icons of, of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And they're, they're all funny. And I don't think any of them get it right, but you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just I enjoyed that one. So, so he climbs up in a tree. He just wants to see Jesus, right? He wants to see him. And Jesus is walking, and he'd, he'd picked the right tree because it was on the parade route. <laughs> and he's up there, and he's got a good view now. Doesn't matter that he's short, he's climbed up in the tree. And you can see Jesus. Oh, there he is, there he is, there he is, there he is. And when Jesus gets to the tree, he just stops. Zacchaeus, right? They'd never met. You're Zacchaeus. Up in a tree. <laughs> come down. You need to come down, Zacchaeus, because I want to stay at your house. Nobody saw this coming. No one would have predicted that. Yeah, you know, the president of the synagogue, probably, yeah, he'd probably stay at my house. That'd be, that'd be appropriate. And that would be appropriate that his famous rabbi would stay at the home of the president of the synagogue there in Jericho. No, he's going to Don Gotti's house. And Zacchaeus is happy. We're told he was happy. I, well, yeah, I got a nice house. You're gonna like my house. <laughs> but he's the only one that's happy. Everybody else, everybody else is unhappy. They're grumbling. They're saying he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Well, of course he has. The son of man is on a search and rescue mission. And Zacchaeus is lost. He's lost his way. He's lost his way in life. He's, and he's in the process of losing his soul. That always gets kind of thrown into afterlife issues. Now he's losing his soul right now because he is becoming a person he was never meant to be. The kind of person whom Jesus has to say, I don't know you, which is actually grace because you're trying to make yourself into someone that, that doesn't really exist, it can't exist. In other words, God's purposes for Zacchaeus is not for him to be a crook, a cheat, an extortioner, a cruel man. That, that's not God's purpose. Zacchaeus has lost his way and he's becoming a lost self, a lost soul. And the son of man is on a search and rescue mission and he finds him up in a tree. It's like Philip rescuing that cat out of that tree the other day. <laughs> There's Zacchaeus. I found him. He's lost. You never know where I found him. I found him up in a tree. Coming down, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go to your house. And so he does. But notice what Jesus never does. I mean, let's get this. I mean, I'm borrowing from last week. But get it in your mind. Tax collectors are not cool sinners. They're bad. They're bad people who do bad things. What Jesus doesn't do, though, he never condemns Zacchaeus. He knows what Zacchaeus is. He knows. 
He knew more than just knew his name. He knew who he was and what he was trying to make of himself and what he'd done and what he was, what he was becoming. But Jesus still says, I want to go to your house. And he doesn't condemn him. He just wants to have dinner with him. And so they go to Zacchaeus' house. In some ways, it's a good choice. He's very rich. He's got a nice house. They're going to, Zacchaeus is all right. I got this celebrity guy, this celebrity prophet going to stay at my house. And so he's going to put on a lavish meal. You know, those mafia bosses say what you will. They know how to eat well. So he's got a fancy, you know, I don't know what he had, baked lasagna maybe. I don't know. So that's going to be an Italian meal, right? Let's play along with it a little bit. So then who are the guests going to be? Because, you know, you got to do it right. You got to have, got to have guests. He's got a big villa. He's got lots of room. Who are the guests going to be? It's not going to be the Pharisees. It's not going to be, they're the good people. The good, nice people, the good, faithful synagogue attenders are not coming to Don Gotti's house. John Gotti's house, whatever. Danny DeVito's house. Zacchaeus' house. Who comes? Well, other tax collectors and other disreputable characters. And still, Jesus doesn't, he's just enjoying the meal. He's just, he's just enjoying the meal. He's just there in his house and I don't know, I just, I just see Jesus at the table. He's not preaching to him. He's just there. He, maybe he says, I think I'll have another glass of that uh, Brunello de Montalcino, if you don't mind. You see, Jesus is salvation. Jesus is. Salvation has come into Zacharias's house because Jesus is salvation. Jesus' presence is rescuing Zacchaeus from his lost condition. He's just, he's just with him. He's just having a meal with him. Okay, we're getting through the meal. Dessert hasn't been served yet, though. And Zacchaeus stands up. And he begins to tap on his wine glass with a spoon. Excuse me, excuse me. <clears throat> I have an announcement to make. Uh, I am going to give half of everything I have, all half of everything I own, I'm, I'm dedicating, I'm giving it for the betterment of the poor here in Jericho. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a businessman. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if perhaps, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe a, a, a clerical error could have been made if, uh, if perhaps, if, if somehow, you know, someone feels like they've been defrauded by my little tax business, uh, I am going to give them fourfold restitution. Uh, I'll pay them back four times what maybe uh, I shouldn't have taken in the first place. 
This is not, by the way, what Zacchaeus does to earn salvation. This is what happens as Jesus reclaims his lost soul. He's, he's reclaiming, he's, he, he's finding what he was looking for. He's, he's come to search and then rescue a soul that was losing its way, becoming something unrecognizable to what God intends. And Jesus finds him up in a tree. Well, you know, this is the plan of salvation. Go sit in a tree. <laughs> See, I don't like plan. I don't like these salvation plans, these plans of salvation. Salvation is not a plan. Salvation is a person. It's Jesus. And Zacchaeus, he's bad. I'm not saying he's not bad. He was bad, but he was bad because he was lost. He'd lost his way and was losing himself. His, 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 who he really was was being erased. And in its place was this, was this terrible caricature of who he was never supposed to be. And Jesus finds him in a tree, of all things, and then just goes to his house and enjoys a nice meal with him. No word of condemnation. Jesus is just there present with him. And then Zacchaeus stands up and says, I'll give half of what I have to the poor. And if, if I've defrauded anybody, I'll, I'll repay them fourfold. And then this. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Salvation has come to the house of Zacchaeus because Jesus is salvation. And when Jesus says that this man too is a son of Abraham, what he's doing is he is restoring Zacchaeus to the covenant community. He's no longer going to be an exiled, expelled, ostracized outsider. He's restoring him to the covenant community. And now Zacchaeus must be welcomed at any table in Jericho. He's no longer an expelled outsider. He, he is, in fact, the lost sheep brought back to the 99. Zacchaeus was bad because he was lost he was losing his way and losing his soul, but the search and rescue mission of the Son of Man found and saved Zac Zacchaeus. And Jesus did it all by just having dinner with Zacchaeus and never uttering a word of condemnation. If you feel like you have lost your way, if you feel like I'm not who I should be. You ever had those, ever had those moments where the self-disappointment rises up you with language like, that's not who I am. I'm not, I'm not that kind of person, but, you, but you've just been that person. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? That, that's, that's what we're talking about. You're losing. You're, you're, you've lost your way and you're, you're how do I, why? I'm not, I don't want to be that person. That's not who I am. If, if you're feeling that, then just find a way 
to be with Jesus. Just find a way to be with Jesus. Just try, I mean, sit with, a, with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and let Matthew, Mark, Luke and John point out Jesus to you or just sit and, and say, Jesus, come to me. Um, and understand that what Jesus is saving is not your status, but you, you. I, I, try, I, I try to not always use the word save or salvation because it's so laden with cliched meanings that kind of throw us off. What, what needs saving is not your status, your post-mortem reservation. What needs saving is you, 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 you becoming you. Don't, the afterlife issues will work out fine. You don't have to worry about that. It, Jesus wants to save the unique, beautiful, wonderful you, you were always meant to be. That's, what he, that's his whole mission. The, the son of man came to search and rescue those people who have lost their way and are losing their self to some sort of distortion of sin. Jesus, I came for those people. I'm not here to condemn them. I'm here to find them and I'm here to restore them, rescue them. And one more thing, don't let the crowd keep you from seeing who Jesus really is. The, the crowd can be offensive, the, the Christian this and the Christian that, the right, the left, all that. Don't let the crowd keep you from seeing who Jesus really is. The crowd is untruth. The crowd just wants to use Jesus. The crowd is politics and bad religion. You, you'll never... You'll never see or hear a political ad that ends with, I am Jesus Christ and I approve this ad. <laughs> he does not, even though people want to try to use his name in vain like that. Rise above, rise above the crowd. Climb a tree if you have to. Find a way to get above the crowd and seek Jesus I wanted to say, seek Jesus and you'll find him. I'm going to say it this way. Seek Jesus and he'll find you. Amen. Seek Jesus and he'll, hey, Zacchaeus, hey, come down. I want to be at your house and you'll be so happy. And it'll surprise everybody. When I encountered Jesus so dramatically as a teenager, after a couple of weeks there at Savannah High School, my friends would come up to me and say, Fry, that's what everybody called me, Fry, I can't believe what's happened to you. And I said, I know, right? <laughs> I can't believe it either, but it's happened. I was interested in Jesus. I, I was curious about Jesus. That I was fascinated with Jesus in some way, even though I wasn't living right and I was on, I, I, was, trying to, I was trying to find the fast track to losing my soul, even as a teenager. Got pretty close to it. And then Jesus found me and rescued me. Amen. Stand up with me. I tell preachers all the time, here's the key to good preaching. Tell a good story and make Jesus the hero. That's it. And that's a, it's a good story here about Zacchaeus. Don't you love that story? He's in a tree and the whole bit. And Jesus is always the hero. Amen. All right, let's. 
prepare ourselves to come to the table of the Lord. And let's do that by first confessing our Christian faith and then confessing our sins. Confess with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let's confess our sins and receive the Lord's forgiveness. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen. And God is gracious to all who confess their sins and in humility ask for mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.